What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Few things ring truer than the beauty of Denise Katrina Matthews. You'll know her better by the name that followed her for her career in movies and music, Vanity. Yes, Vanity. And how appropriate is that name? Not because of what impact it had on her, but on the impact that it had on young men during her whole life. The obsession that many feel slash felt about Vanity is not unlike what we witness inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, as we meet Angelica, another one-word named artist who isn't just beautiful, alluring, captivating, and an all-attention-pointing-in-her-direction spirit. She is life to a gent named Howard, a nobody that knows everything about her, her life, her music. In fact, he has no life but her. We'll reveal clearly more than what you were hoping for inside this review during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 20. The Secret Agenda of Mesmer's Bobble. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. Who's ready for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Those of you that are listening, I know, I know, you're here to learn more about my absolute obsession with Vanity and her appearance inside this episode. I think they're actually just here for the information regarding Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, you're right. Sorry about that. Anyway, we know what you're here for, but we also wanted to make sure that you knew about our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, which is focusing on the review, the haha educational detailings of each and every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from Marvel on ABC and Hulu streaming that you can also listen to Nick and I over this away over at agentsofshield.tv. There's going to be a link inside the show notes. And if you like what you're hearing inside of the Curious Goods podcast, I'm pretty much guaranteeing that you're going to love what you hear over there too. Agentsofshield.tv. Obsessed with the downloads. I love the group participation that we're seeing from all of the Friday the 13th, the series groups that we've found inside of Facebook, Nick. Mm -hmm. The people that are there easily a stripe above everybody else on the internet. And what I love about them most is that they have an obsession about this show just like you and I. Yes, yes. I want to encourage all of you that are listening to this episode to not only go and look at the show notes for the links to other groups that you may not even know about, but also to share our podcast link inside of those groups so that more people will hear the podcast and foster a resurgence. In fact, a re-giving of life to this series eventually. Knock on wood. You can find all the details for that over at our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click on any of the links in the show notes and remember, tell them that Nick and Mike sent you from the Curious Goods Podcast. Nick, enough of the housekeeping. There's so much to tell. Inside the retell of this episode, Season 2, Episode 20. Mesmer's Bubble.
the sexy, smooth, dulcet tones launch this episode like something out of a James Bond movie. A sea of photos of a gorgeous young woman pan from left to right, and we finally are shown a man putting on makeup? He's covering up pimples to somehow hide his own horrific looks. He looks like a Michael Bolton lookalike that didn't make the cut. The lady in the photograph is singing and is an obsession of the man who has no life to live. But for her, by being with her, whether he's with her or not, he stares knowingly at her figure and begins to weep. There's nothing sadder than watching a grown man weep in a corner, Mike. Over at the local Canadian record shop, we see the same man, apparently an employee whose name is Howard. He's delivering a box of records. There's a chance that Angelica, you know, the woman who was singing, the woman of his dreams and spirits, might actually visit the store. Over in the bubblegum pup aisle, two girls are railing on their boyfriends and eventually are helped by Howard. He's ready to share everything he knows about Angelica for them. Time for the ladies to split, but first, it's time to make fun of Howard's terrible complexion and awkward attitude. But the bottom line is that Howard knows all about Angelica. I think he's a fan of Angelica, Mike. He slowly saunters home after a long day at work and peers into a store window that is suddenly shattered by hooligans who take almost everything inside the window. It's a robbery! Robbery! Robbery most foul! The thieves speed away in their white four-door nondescript vehicle. Howard casually walks over to the broken glass and finds (gasps) leftover stuff. As Howard picks up an ornate necklace with gold fittings and a draping gold chain, it's amazing looking. It's no ordinary bauble, to be sure. Howard gazes into it, almost unable to look away. Then a good Samaritan pops by with a terrible Canadian-impacted Brooklyn accent and says, Hey, what are you doing here? You you robbing this place? And holds down Howard in place for the police to arrive. Howard won't have any of that and says, Oh, why don't you drop dead? Almost as if he's being commanded to do so, the good Samaritan jogger accosting Howard slowly turns and promptly does drop dead. The police arrive and something like an investigation might have happened. There is legend of it, but nothing solid to be sure. Eventually, Howard is released and heads home to his Angelica-ridden loft and simply can't take his eyes off the bubble. Time to fix Howard's skin! Magically, his broken dermis is shiny and supple, just like Vanity's supple pouting... I mean Angelica... Angelica's supple, pouting skin. He tries once again to have the bubble fix my face. But nothing happens. Apparently, there can be no more magic. But, as always, there is a price for everything. Back at the Curious Kid shop, Ryan woos over his Angelica tickets. Front row! He's excited to see a live performance. Jack shares a recent stolen items report from the local police blotter and... The bubble! It induces trances, but after Uncle Lewis's impact, it obviously can kill! Time to begin the hunt for the bubble! But first, a visit with the crowd and Angelica! She is a stunner! She sees the crowd, her raging horde of fans, and completely ignores Howard. His eye is still on the prize, on Angelica. I think Howard may have an obsession. Howard arrives back at work at the record shop and finds, ooh, Angelica's publicist, who just might be able to hook up Howard with an autographed photo. Ooh. Howard welcomes the publicist into the back room of music stores where all good things happen. He spies on an all-access pass that the publicist has, and now it's time to ask questions about Angelica. I'm sure these questions will be like, you know, what's her favorite food? What kind of product does she use on her skin? What inspires her when she writes music? 
Nope. Does she sleep in the nude? Well, that escalated quickly. The atmosphere in the room suddenly escalates, and out comes the bauble. The dance of bells woos the publicist into submission, and Howard takes her day planner. It's time to lead the publicist on a nice, healthy walk into traffic. Thud! Is struck by a semi-truck and dies. Howard pulls out the bobble and now requests that it will make him someone that Angelica will notice. Make me beautiful. His face and skin begin to crunch, and as we return from the commercial break, we find an all-access pass being given to a security guard by a man that looks much less creepy. The shiny new Howard visits backstage as Angelica's voice prepares the sound system and video feeds inside the club. Howard peers down on her, glowingly, and wow, she's a stunner. Howard Moore introduces himself now as Angelica's new publicist. You know, because the other one got hit by a truck. And shakes her hand. He is enchanted. As well he should be. Oh no! At the front of the club, the fans are at the entrance and it's time for Angelica to go sign some autographs. Howard scopes out the club, finding his way eventually into Angelica's dressing room. Soon, in Angelica's dressing room, Roger, the asshole producer, continues to ride Angelica. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Buried in the deep change of outfits in her dressing room is Howard. He watches her undress as Roger scopes his next sexual conquest. And Howard simply Might want to ease up on the creepiness, Mike. Later at the previously burgled broken window, Ryan and Mickey are coming to talk to the pawn shop owner to talk to him about Mesmer's bauble. The shop owner shares details of the jogger with the heart attack, the ugly young man with the face condition, and the episode seeds have finally been sown. Meanwhile, back at the practice run for Angelica's concert, something happens, and I can't put the details in because I'm too busy watching the screen, and I can't take my eyes off of Angelica slash Vanity, and I understand the allure and the obsession of Howard, and oh, here's the bow. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Episode and review. Okay. 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 Back to the retail. Howard thanks Angelica for letting him be there, and Roger dashes Howard's day once again by insulting him. Back at the record shop, Ryan and Mickey are investigating deeper into the bobble's mystery and find out all about Howard, about the girl that walks in front of a truck, about Howard's terrible complexion, and how it's all coming together. Connect the dots. La 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 la. Back at Howard's Angelica lair, he pines over his love and... It's Ryan and Mickey who ask him about the pendant on a gold chain. I know nothing. Sorry, I didn't see it. I'm, I'm very busy. Mickey's wheels begin to churn. The photos on the wall, his fixed complexion, his defensive attitude. It's all beginning to add up. I think they finally found their suspect, Mike. Across the Canadian berg over inside of Roger the Asshole Producer's hotel room, Howard shares the bauble. Roger is entranced by the bauble and can't look away. Finish your shave, Roger. Roger takes the long razor and finishes a dry, close, closer, a little closer shave. And blood begins to stream down his face. Don't forget your throat, Roger. Roger does so and begins to gurgle. And then eventually slumps over the sink and dies in a puddle on the floor. I want her. I want to be her lover. Howard says glowingly into the mirror. I feel incredibly dirty, Mike. Ryan and Mickey arrive at the hotel to learn Roger has, quote, killed himself. They watch an almost couple, Angelica and Howard, as they are leaving and Howard claims that Angelica needs a privacy. Back at the Curious Good Shop, Jack, Mickey, and Ryan deduce that, obviously, Howard has the bobble and insert Nick's brilliance. Through Jack's research, it would seem that the bobble gives 
whoever holds it, their deepest, darkest desires. But you have to kill, and you have to physically have the bobble on you. A perfect picture of what's going on inside of the Howard brain. If Howard is obsessed with Angelica, we know who's ever closest to her isn't safe. As Angelica's dressing room door opens, it's Howard. The funeral details for asshole producer Roger have been completed and are all taken care of. Howard learns that Angelica does not want to go on with the show? After some wooing, Angelica is ready for the show to go on. And now it's time to share something special with Angelica. It's not the bobble. It's not the Franks and Beans. It's the lair. Howard welcomes Angelica into his lair. The lair makes Angelica amazed by what she sees. All thanks to the bobble, of course. Amazing. Ryan and Mickey arrive at the club. Unfortunately, Angelica is not at the club. Where could she be? The answer? In the arms of her new lover, Howard. But as he stares at her, and then the paper photos, and then her, and then the paper photos, and then her, and then the paper photos. Mike. Oh, sorry. Snap out of it. She kisses him and guides her into the angelic wonderland of vanity's loins. This isn't what I want. I don't want to be with you. I want to be you. He holds the bobble over her, and she begins to gasp, and Howard begins to absorb Angelica. Holy shit. Shortly thereafter, Howard then turns towards the mirror and is Angelica with the bauble now around her neck and nothing else. What? The next day, a knock on Angelica's dressing room door comes and reminds her that it's time to start the show. Angelica, it's time for the show, love. Angelica is in her newest best garb, along with a new piece of jewelry on her neck. It's the bauble. Back at the Angelica lair, Mickey and Ryan burglarize the apartment and find ooze? Ooze on the ground! They head back to the club where Angelica has prepared for the show, and they head for the front. The crowd is chanting, Angelica! Angelica! And Angelica makes her entrance! The music starts, and it's her! It is how Jellica. Mickey spies that how Jellica is wearing the bauble. Both she and Ryan wonder, why does she have it? During her gallant gyrations, how Jellica leans down to the crowd. Mickey is able to then remove the bauble. And then it happens. How Jellica becomes less angelic and begins to transform back into Howard. Look, it's Howard on stage, inside of women's garb. Howard is overcome with emotions, shame, fear, and embarrassment, and stumbles backwards into the lighting skeletal structure and is instantaneously electrocuted. While there's death, horrified crowds, and the dashing of one of Mike's absolute wet dreams, the item is... Recovered! Later, back at the Curious Good Shop, Ryan is lamenting the loss of one of his favorite musical artists. Jack and Mickey try to cheer him up with details of how impossible it is to predict what exactly was in Howard's mind and how the items they hunt really work. The bottom line is that before they could help her, it was already too late. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has goods and bads. It's time to focus on the good. Ties to history. I am always impressed. And in fact, I, I almost wish it was a piece of, I wish they'd have made it a piece of the lore of making and crafting the show. To go and find something that's actually placed in history, it doesn't have to have every single facet of what they build onto it. Right. But it would be really neat to accidentally rip open a Google window and toss in Mesmer, and in there is literally the words hypnotism, 
mesmerizing, haha, right? What whatever else would be included across all of the artifacts that we go and hunt. Most of the time, when they do have a tie to history, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, they, I agree. It, it, I agree. It, they, it's a smart tie. There've been a handful of missteps along the way. I can I can yeah. think of two or three off the top of my head. I won't go into them, but I can think of a few that failed. It's kind of like a shoehorn. Like let's try to tie this to something historical. Yeah, to to give everyone a reference for movies that I love. I, again, I love it when movies bother to do it too. Mm-hmm. But the one that comes to mind instantaneously is the original Stargate. Oh yeah, Stargate is not only a cult classic movie. Uh, not only was it a giant blockbuster in its day, but it still holds up to this day. Mm-hmm. And the reason it does is because it's based on solid lore and legend that they then escalate and, and stack on to Sci-fi. stuff that doesn't make much sense at all. <laughs> but And it's good. It, it tethers it to something real, but obviously it's not real. Right. And, and I appreciate them doing that. And you can see facets of that inside this episode. Oh, yeah. The creep factor. Home run for the casting of Howard. Mm-hmm. Home run for the acting of Howard. Yes. And home run for the overall stalkerificness of this episode. There, there are a few things that actors can do to showcase their best craft than to say nothing. Yeah. One of the best talents, I think probably in I know in my generation is going to be Kiefer Sutherland at this. There is a there is a magnetism and a power that in particular his character Jack Bauer had where he didn't have to say anything. Just a look into the camera. Right. Or where he'd snap his neck around and be front facing camera when he wasn't originally or mm-hmm. there is a value to actors that can harness that and then convey it on command by a director and the people that are capturing it. And the actor inside of this, whomever he was, I thought was extraordinary in this role as Howard, both as the original Ugly Duckling, as the the more polished, shiny, layered jacket Howard, and then of course as he descends into madness, all of it. I I thought it was it was a great representation of something horrific. I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. This show does very well when they write a a, a bad guy character. Mm-hmm when the motivation is obsession. Mm -hmm. Going all the way back to season one with Cupid's Quiver, and uh, Mm, Eddie, I do believe his his name was, obsession, and especially a male's obsession with a female, Mm -hmm. the stalker aspect, that's scary. That's horror already. You don't need to have a cursed item to have the horrificness of that. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you add on the layer of supernatural item and death and murder and curses. With Howard, you can understand the loneliness. You can understand the the fact. Two minutes into the episode, and we're given enough about Howard that, okay, so he's ugly. He has He has an issue with his face. So already ostracized. And now he's obsessed with a beautiful singer. So, an ugly man obsessed with beauty. Okay, done. I can totally understand the allure once you have the ability to start getting what you want. Right. And we're given that seamlessly in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the other thing that I want to make sure we talk about inside the creep factor is the shock ding-dong moment at the end here. Because of the things I would have never anticipated starting off a vanity-led episode of Friday the 13th, the series, not in a million years would I have thought that the forlorn, obsessed fan would want to actually transform himself into Angelica. Not not in a million yeah, years. Yeah. Ever. Now, I would have never, I would have never gone that way. And it was so, so shocking, in fact, that uh, for those that don't know, this episode actually aired four plus years before the crying game, which also featured a oh my god moment, which I don't guess will spoil that. But the it's it, I think it's equally as gasp inducing as this episode. Well, sure. I mean, there's plenty of other movies that have oh my god moments that came before this episode and mm-hmm. have come after this episode. Right. I think the psychology 
of the decision that Howard makes to want to be Angelica, we are so, and I think this is why you and I were taken so by surprise when it happened, was we're so used to the storytelling of somebody obsessed with somebody is usually mirrored in sexual desires. Mm -hmm. So once they actually have what they want, then they don't want it anymore. And then that's what leads to the murder and the death and the blood. Mm -hmm. And then we all of a sudden get this, no, I don't want to be with you. I want to be you. Yeah. And then the ramifications of that in real life, well, you're thinking, oh, wow, that's going to get, that's going to turn Buffalo Bill creepy real quick. But this is Friday the 13th and right. we've got a cursed item. Terribly appropriate. We get a transformation merging scene that, well, I mean, kind of takes us straight into our next talking point. The special effects for this episode. Wow. <laughs> this is tremendous. This is, I, I would say, on par with everything that we see inside of American Werewolf in London. Yeah, on a smaller scale. Yeah. On a smaller scale. Uh, on, yeah. a, on a television, faster, look at the naked Mike obsession from the 1980s transform into something horrific way. We've got the... Uh for lack of a better term, the ooze, the what I like to call the transformation ooze. It seems like anytime anybody transfer transforms, <laughs> especially in the seventies and eighties, they were always wet. Yeah. So they were always covered in like a jelly, probably a petroleum-based jelly-like yeah. substance because of the shine that it yeah. would give from the lights yeah. and it would look great on camera. Yeah. So we get that. We've got the bladders inside the fake skin that pulse and move. Yeah. Uh, we've got the we've got the latex that you can run a hand through to where it looks like there's an actual hand inside of a body part. It it just it's it it's great. It added to the oh my god creep out factor of this episode because you know you go along and it's like oh wow this is cool this is, oh wow oh my god yeah and, and I th the other piece that this gets and it, frankly it goes straight into the the same flavor that was generated by fright night mm. which is there is a a deeply sexual piece of this also yeah where for those that haven't actually seen this episode uh, th this is vanity you know vanity mm -hmm. and the actor that is howard Naked on a floor. The camera work here is also wonderfully pulled off. Camera and lighting, not, yeah. Not because I'm so interested in seeing Vanity naked, though yeah, right. I guess I am, but <laughs> it's really well done because it feels like you're watching something you probably shouldn't have access to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you see the transformation, and then you see the merging, and then you finally realize what the hell is going on, and all of that paid off perfectly with the special effects, the storytelling, the acting the reasonably quiet nature of what we saw as mm -hmm. it was happening. There wasn't some thunderous music that was going on during the scene. It just, it just kind of happened. And, and the, the twisting and rolling on the floor inside of the layer with the fit, with the photographs behind. Yeah. Just very, very strange. And then the dance of the, uh, of the, uh, the bauble that was then shown on the, uh, towards right, the top. Right, yeah. I thought all of that was just grand. And uh, again, it almost makes you, need to know what the bauble is doing mm. and i i thought it was it was extraordinary it was very very well done bonus good boy is there a bonus going on here i wanted to make sure that we gave some extra time and attention because clearly during my youth and frankly my my later years there's not enough attention paid to vanity and vanity is I don't know how else to say it. You instantly see her at the front end of this episode as they start to show the pictures, and time stops when mm. you look at her. She just she has that something. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's it's instant allure. There's a thing when people talk about classic cars, in particular, say like the the second and third series Corvettes, where there, it's not that there's something sexual about them. It's just that when you look at them, you can't stop looking at them. Right. I, it, it's exactly the same thing with her. Well, Every when, single one of those photos leads to another photo that you can't stop looking at. You just can't. Well, the, it's pretty apropos then that Vanity, being such a beautiful woman who hypnotizes you, 
being in an episode that's cursed item is a bauble that hypnotizes <laughs> you yeah. to do whatever it, the uh, holder wants. It, 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 again, it just I uh, watching the episode, I not only sprint through all of my memories of the movies that she was in, uh, but just her life in general. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with the the story of Vanity, we'll put up a link to her her bio and a couple of video segments from other movies that she's been in. Uh, but she's she had a very interesting life that is unlike any other. Between the glancing with Prince, between the solo career, between finding religion towards the end of her life, and then her sad passing at way too young an age. Mm. Just a, a very interesting and strange life that sadly somehow pays homage to the beauty that she expressed while she was around. Uh, just uh, an, an amazing talent that you could not stop looking at. And she she's the perfect bauble for this episode called Mesmer's Bauble. That's what we thought was good inside this episode. We're curious what you thought was good inside this episode. Let us know what you think by going over to our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you, Vanity. Blah. And let us know what you think. Well, every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at the not-so-goods. Not nearly enough naked vanity. Who wrote that on there? Who, who made this skeleton? Jeez, what kind of class is going on here? Mike, would you like to share something with our audience? I would, for the for those that are curious. I don't know how, as an adolescent, I did not know Vanity was shown naked inside of this television program because I would have somehow sprinted to find more more footage of this. She she's so incredibly tastefully pretty. naked. It, it it's all it's it's very very TV naked. Super super wonderfully done yes tastefully naked it's 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 the step below what you would have seen on showtime back in the day right it's 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 wonderfully done it's creepily not creepy it's a little creepy only two damn songs in the whole episode were there was there music inside this episode i didn't even see yes there was vanity's music okay all right. Uh, again, it's hypnotic. It's a, you match her music with the the what you see on the screen, and it is hypnotic. It's appropriately hypnotic. I make fun because we did actually have to sit and discuss and really come up with well, what are we going to complain about from this episode? And as you can tell so far by our list of bads, <laughs> it's nothing very serious. I, I, I'm oh, going to serious. I'm going to assume that all of the money went for getting vanity and then doing the special effects because besides just the regular score of the episode, which was great, there are only actually two songs that Angelica is heard singing throughout the, the episode. We start the episode off with nature boy performed by Angelica. And then through the majority of the episode, anytime she's either rehearsing or we're in the record store mm -hmm. or we're at Howard's Angelica lair we're hearing the song Undress Me. Mm -hmm. And now Undress Me was the song that was featured in my personal vanity feature film appearance, Action Jackson. Carl Weathers. Starring the great Carl Weathers and Craig T. Nelson as the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Totally an underrated action film from Agreed. the 80s. Agreed. But you only get these two damn songs, and halfway through the episode, I'm like, Are, did, did she record anything else? <laughs> But again, it's just me, Nick, picking. Too easy to jerk the bobble off and resolve the episode. Now, this one is an actual legitimate gripe yeah. about the episode mm -hmm. because if I'm Howard and I have now achieved what I've always wanted and I, I am now my obsession, I don't think I would be letting the bobble just dangle around. I'd have it, like, welded to my body so that it could never go away. Granted, Howard didn't know that the the magic of the curse was wrapped up into you have to actually physically be touching the bobble at all times for it to continue to work. He didn't know that. So 
I guess he gets half of a pass for that. But to be flaunting it the way that he was, I mean, for for Mickey just to be able to go up to the stage and then yank, yeah, one would think that a cursed chain would be a little bit harder to break. (laughs) But maybe the devil isn't in that detail. I'm I'm not sure. This only came to me after we started compiling our master list of what we need to complain about. And it dare I say that the only reason it was this easy is because we'd run out of time in the episode. Right. There just clearly wasn't another way to pull it off and have it make sense and not be dumb, I guess. Mm. The, the neat part, though, is that because the, the detransformation is immediate and so impactful, you don't even notice it. Right. Yeah. You, you really yeah. don't. In fact, the, the coming up with the negative was done way after we got done watching it. Oh, yeah. So I, it's something we mention. Not that it's terrible and it derails the episode. It's just it was incredibly easy for Mickey to just go yoink, and now it's not on. That was the anymore. easiest recovery I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, that's what we thought was bad inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you thought could have used a little bit of work. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the contact form and let us know what you think. It's time to take a break during the Curious Goods Podcast, our review of Season 2, Episode 20. Mesmer's Bubble. I'm going to be right over here, and eventually I'll be back. Uh Uh-huh. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time. To make your podcast soar, editorcore.com. That's editorcore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Kids podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, season two, episode 20. Mesmer's Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to showcase our manifest moments. Our manifest moments are where Nick and I find either an actor's portrayal, an idea, or storytelling element inside this episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what do you got? Well, Mike, we talked about it in The Goods, and I feel like I've got to talk about it again. Okay. My manifest... Vanity. I see. (laughs) Let let me lead the pack for you. No, I don't want to steal your (laughs) manifest moment. Do you want to be alone with your manifest moment? (laughs) My manifest moment has got to be Howard's obsession. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. You feel for this character Mm -hmm. 
pathos in the beginning. Totally. There is there is total pathos. And maybe another ding would have been the fact that he so easily transfers into the okay, well, I'll just kill people and get what I want. Because that the, the transition from oh, I'm a sad sack to oh, I'm going to murder people to get what I want mm-hmm. is very quick. Sure, but because the storytelling is so good, we 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 just glance right by that, mm-hmm. which is fine. The fact that this episode had the balls to further that obsession. You know, you think that as soon as Howard gets to be able to sleep with Angelica, that's it. You know, he'll have everything that he wants, but we take it a step further. Mm -hmm. And that right there is creepy. It is disturbing. The only thing that I kind of wish would have been added to the episode is maybe a little bit more of Angelica Howard or Howjelica, as you called him, The, the, the madness of now being what he wanted, what he's wanted, and staying there, keeping that guy's going. And again, I, I know we've only got 40 plus minutes to fill and, you know, we got to end. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we've got such a compelling character that goes so far, mm-hmm. that's my manifest moment. Yeah, I, I, I think that this show especially when it's got its game on, singularly makes impressive routes to showcase the impactful nature of obsession, regardless mm-hmm. of what it is. Yeah. In this case, it just it happens to be the bauble. In other episodes, it's whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the, I, I think that this show really does pay off well, uh, in particular when it goes back and it uses the actors that you hate them to reuse, <laughs> but, I mean, it works. It, the, even the ones that where they come back... The obsession works, mm-hmm. and it's something that's endearing inside of this series, and that's why I think this was just so perfect that it has someone that features the name Vanity, and then it, it it's just a, it's off to the races for the rest of it. I think inside this episode, my manifest moment has to be Angelica's Vanity, and I'll explain that by sharing that, again, it was just too short an episode, for one, to showcase this. Mm-hmm. But what does come off and does come off inside of almost all of her movie roles is that her fame and the attention that she gets is not something that she asked for. Right. And there's a little there's a tiny little scribble of that inside of this. But she just physically doesn't have enough time except to be pined over by Howard inside of this to get anything else right. inside of the episode. So that that's why you don't see it. But. That that piece, if 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 you were to ask most people, that's what everybody wants to see. They want to, what is the real? Even Howard, mm-hmm. as an obsessed fan, he wants to know, you know, how is she real? Now the difference is that you and I can say, well, how you know, how can I learn more about her to know how real she is? You and I can say that where Howard leads with, does she sleep naked? Right. You know, and that that's the difference. I want to know more of what they showcased, which means that they made Angelica an endearing character, even with as short a screen time as she had inside this episode. Mm-hmm. So that's my manifest moment. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment for this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Vocabulary. Vocabulary. The words that make us awesome inside of the Curious Kids podcast, pretty simple to pick which two are going to be featured inside this episode. Our first word is... Bubble. It's a very odd word, probably a word that you've heard used inside of a sentence or a movie, probably. And thanks to our friends over at Visual Thesaurus, who've got a variety of meanings. The first we're going to start with is... Cheap showy jewelry or an ornament on clothing which fits appropriately yeah that sounds about right for sure what people may not know nor would have included inside of their previous vocabulary are these a bauble is also known as a mock scepter carried by a court jester interesting i did not know that no that's very interesting and then the last one it's got listed here is a ceremonial or emblematic staff very interesting. Those last two, I 
have no knowledge at all of those. I just know, my, that's an interesting bubble from well, whatever movie I've seen that in. Now that I know that, the next time I'm playing D&D with the crew, I will uh, whip out my ornate bubble and whip somebody's ass with it. Yeah. This is my plus seven bobble. <laughs> uh, in addition to bobble, we're going to add on a quick little bonus vocabulary word because we found it very interesting as we were seeking out bobble. This is singularly one of the most interesting words I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. For those that are curious, it's spelled G-E-W-G-A-W, and it's pronounced Guga. Like the creepy deep voice said a few seconds ago. <laughs> and it's referring to cheap, showy jewelry or ornament on a clothing. So, again, another word I've never, ever in my life heard of yeah. that I will be glad to use the next time we need to write something inside of an appropriate episode review. And our last vocabulary word is... Mesmerism. Mesmerism, again, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, is... The act of inducing hypnosis. Very pretty, pretty straightforward, too. Yeah, Super straightforward, yeah. yeah. And again, I love the tether back into real life things that this was able to provide mm -hmm. us for this. Guga. That's where we ask you what interesting vocabulary words would you think of during this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Let us know what you think by going over to our website that's curiousgoodspodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what vocabulary popped up inside your lexicon. Episode rating. Ah, the rating inside the Curious Goods podcast. Our scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap, being wooed by the hypnotic tones of one vanity as Angelica. A 1 is in the bottom of the list, being cock-blocked by Roger, the asshole producer. Everything starts as a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? For me, the episode kind of, uh, there was a nice little sliding scale, the front half of the episode. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. All right. Because all, it always starts at a seven. Sure. Because it's average when mm -hmm. it starts. Right. And it would go up and then it would go down. And and during the first half of the episode, it never went below a seven. It mm -hmm. kept on going back and forth between a seven and an eight for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. Well, this is all right. This is pretty good. This is, oh, oh, okay. All right. The escalation in Howard's creepiness on top of the just the flat out awesomeness of the practical effects used for the transformations, both into and out of Angelica, it just skyrocketed. It was a tight episode that didn't really have a lot to do with our heroes. I mean, they were there. They were accidentally in the episode. R right, yeah. All Mickey had to do was show up at the concert and the episode's <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's it. It, the, the, their investigation wasn't as deep right. and rooted into the Probing. storytelling yeah. as some uh, past episodes. Right. Which, again... Because the episode moves so quickly and it is written so well, you don't really notice until you actually think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, this went from a fun eight episode all the way <laughs> propelled itself straight into a ten. Yeah. We gauge whether or not we would recommend to people, is this a typical episode of Friday the 13th, the series, that you'd want to share with somebody else? And without question inside of this episode, you have... All of our heroes, all three of them, nobody's taking vacation, nobody's on the path to Europe to go do, read a book, whatever they're doing. Right. Okay, so they're all there. We have the appropriate item, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. the, the, the item is awesome. What I think I also love about the item is that it's stupid simple. There, There's not a lot of mechanics going on here right. at all. And the only mechanics that weren't actually told us were what have to do with... Howard having it removed from him after he's merged with the person he wanted to be with or be that I don't consider that a negative at all. Then you heap on vanity. Then you heap on the creepy acting of Howard. Then you heap on the effects and in featured inside of the episode and that it's all wrapped up in a 42 to 43 minute window. 
How could this not be a 10? That's where we ask you guys, were you a lunatic and didn't rate this a 10? <laughs> Let us know what you think by going over to our website at CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought of this episode. Oh, man, what a great episode. Visiting back to some nostalgia, some mm-hmm. great storytelling, and lots of great storytelling elements. So until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right, turn off the recording. Okay. All right, I, I think we're clear. Good. All right, now, our specially ordered Yuga mm-hmm. has been harmonically releasing... This nice low tone, do you think it worked? You, you know what? I think it did because I, I know right now I feel like I want to stop what I'm doing and go send feedback to the Curious Goods Podcast. Yes, everybody should be compelled. I feel compelled to go to CuriousGoodsPodcast.com and fill out the quick web form so I know it's going to work on the audience. Yes, no it's it's got to work on the audience because we will be the number one Friday the 13th, the series podcast ever. And. But why is the red light still on? Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I thought. Are you kidding me? Oh man! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. What voice are you going to give him? Oh, do I get to be Howard as well? Would you like me to appropriately be Howard? Because I could definitely pull it off. I know you could pull it off. I think you should be Howard. Fine. I will pine over vanity. Or, I mean, Angelica. She clutched at her gugaw. I think I broke my gugaw. Well, staring at all those pictures of vanity, yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) There's so much that's going to be cut out of this episode. When you go back and listen to this, make sure you listen to your recent, the details instead of your review, because uh, going in and out fast inside of Angelica, just, it's all, it's all, it's all there. Anyway. Yeah, but I don't make it creepy. True.